Hello, and for the second time this week, welcome to the League One Lowdown with me, your host, Matt Tiles. Given yesterday there was a full set of midweek fixtures, we felt it was a good time and right to produce another podcast in the aftermath of yesterday's games. Well, the first set of midweek fixtures for the 2019-2020 season did not disappoint and arguably produced the most exciting match day so far of the season. Three sides in Coventry, Burton and Shrewsbury all produced stunning comebacks in winning and drawing respectively in their games. There were first wins for Bristol Rovers and for Peterborough, the first losses for Lincoln and for Rochdale amongst the big talking points from last night. Joining me, we have our usual punditry lineup in Alex Broom and Joseph Trone. How are you, gentlemen? Yeah, I'm alright, mate. Well, obviously just recovering from last night's disappointment, but apart from that, yeah, not too bad. Good, good man. Alex, how are you? Um, yeah, I'm good, thank you. I really enjoyed the game last night uh, up at Fleetwood, for played quite well, and yeah, it was, it was, it was good. I'm still in Blackpool now, enjoying the, enjoying the seaside, so life's alright at the minute for me. Good, good man. Uh, let's kick things off, obviously, as we do at the start of every podcast, we talk about the games we were at um, last night. Given that Rovers won out of the three sides, I think it's only fair that we start with uh, Bristol Rovers. It was a win, really, that we needed to get. Um, I wasn't at the game last night, but obviously going on what you know, a lot of what was said on Twitter and social media, it was a, a very much uh, a good performance to an extent. There were some faults, but um, the win is is the most important thing over the performance. Um, two goals were scored against the, a Tranmere team who, you know, arguably we should be beating. Um, at home with with minimal fuss. They had two players sent off, which did change the course of the game because the first half, seeing the updates via my phone and and stuff like that, it looked like we were very dominant. We had a lot of opportunities. And then obviously, as you'd expect, them going down to nine men meant that they tightened up and made things very frustrating. So there was complacency. Might have been an issue amongst the Rovers players, but they got the job done, got over the line. And got the first three points and first goals as well of the season with Johnson, Clark, Harris and Tyler Smith getting the goals for the gas. Um, Alex, you made the long trip to Fleetwood last night as uh, Wickham were so close to getting three points at the Highbury Stadium until uh, Paddy Madden scored in the 90th minute that saw Fleetwood equalise uh, for the Cod Army. Um, off air, you said that you deserve to win the game. Having sort of a few hours to digest what's happened, you still feel the same and, and what do you think um what do you think didn't see Wickham over the line was it an well, error or just a little bit more yeah, than that? yeah it, it, we before, I thought we were in large patches of the game by far the better team we uh, I felt we um really controlled the temper the player for Dom Gabe in particular was really good in the middle of the park winning the ball back setting up attacks Akin Fenmer was holding off their centre backs well bringing in Wheeler and Fred into the game Fred was his usual tricky self on the wing gliding past players setting up chances and it was just a really professional, typical Ainsworth away performance, which is a phrase I use quite a lot, but he keeps them coming and keeps delivering them. So I've got to <laughs> stick by it. And it was literally just an individual error right at the end from Ryan Allsop, which cost us the win. And it was a win we probably deserved, like travelling up all the way, the team travelling up to Fleet. You don't want to come away with nothing. So a point's better than nothing for like a, such a long midweek trip. But we battled so hard and really like controlled large parts of the game. It's disappointing not to get the win. But it, it, you'd have asked me before the game, would I be happy with the draw? I would have said yes. And my score prediction was actually one all. I think I said um, to a few people in the concourse before the game. So I was right on that one. But it's just after the performance, like, it does feel a little bit more. It feels a little bit less than a point after how well we played for periods of the game. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, we've all been there before about um, certain performances. Let's cross over to the Oxford point of view. They lost 
uh, against Burton Albion, who produced a stunning comeback, as I said in the intro, to win 4 2 uh, at the Kassam Stadium. You said last night, Joe, that it was a massive wake up call for Oxford. In what respect was it a wake up call? Well, it's just um, obviously there's been a lot of positivity in the last few days with um, you know securing two fairly high profile signings in Matty Taylor and uh, George Thorne. And this is just, you know, back down to earth, really. It was a pretty awful performance. I've not seen us play that badly in, well, probably this whole year, really. Um, it was a really bad performance. Um, sloppy in possession, just looked off it from the start. Um, and, yeah, we, we, we Burton, to be fair, were a good side. Um, and it, I think it just proved that, you know, we're not quite there yet in terms of... Um, in terms of a team, um, we've still got you know new signings need to click and need to gel, and we're still not quite there yet. Um, we're not quite the finished article quite yet, and yeah, I mean we just it's a wake up call in the sense that we know we still need to improve, and we're not gonna just stroll through teams. You know we've played well in the opening few games of the season. Um, I said Sunderland, Peterborough, and Blackpool. We should have probably got more out of that game, but um, this is the first really bad performance of the season, and it, I think it could be a wake up call in in the respect that. You know, ahead of Bristol Rovers and some, you know, interesting looking games in the next few weeks. Um, we definitely need to work on a few things, especially set pieces, defending set pieces. Another goal conceded from a set piece, um, which is bitterly disappointing. Um, and, uh, and yeah, we need to obviously make some real changes ahead of um, Bristol Rovers on Saturday because that was not good enough last night at all. Well, it'll certainly give uh, Rovers confidence uh, going into Saturday's game, but there's more on that. Uh, later on, obviously, as I said, there were three stunning comebacks last night. Coventry were down to nine men, 3-1 down at Portsmouth. They came back to draw 3-3 at Fratton Park. Burton, obviously, were 2-1 down against Oxford. They managed to win 4-2 at the Kassam in Shrewsbury with just under 10 minutes to go. We're 2-0 down at away at Accrington at the Wham Stadium and managed to win 3-2. I'll go to you, Alex, first. Which out of those three is the most spectacular comeback for you and why? I don't think you can really look past the commentary one, to be honest. They had nine men, three one down, a team who had many fancy really to go on and be league champions this year. So it just, I think it shows the spirit which Mark Robbins has assembled in their team. The fact they've got nine men against the, the favourites for the title and they're going to scoring twice to take it back to three all, two late goals. Like it's just it's it's you can't it's frustrating from the Portsmouth point of view because I saw Jacket's press conference and he said that um they threw it away and you probably would have to agree with that but then again like it just highlights for me the spirit which Coventry have because I think you've got to really like dig deep with a lot of teams when you three one down like with um ten men then nine men you're sort of feeling as if the game's gone but they've got that never say die attitude to come back and score two late goals I think it is really credit to Mark Robbins and the sort of the type of attitude of the player he's assembled in the team Yeah absolutely I think you make a very very good case for that one Joe are you going to say the same um, comeback in Coventry or are you going to go with one of the two sides that won Yeah I mean to be to be fair like I wouldn't even class Burton uh, that kind of was a comeback like we never deserved to be winning anyway so it wasn't really that spectacular a comeback in the sense they just you know we just crumbled as expected really um, but yeah obviously Coventry um, coming back with nine men, you know, obviously it's difficult to look beyond that as a as a one of the comebacks really best I've seen in a while, really. Um, but also, I imagine it was down to Portsmouth capitulating, and I've seen a lot of fans actually. Um, I saw a lot of Portsmouth fans actually start to turn on Kenny Jacket last night. I don't know what your thoughts on that is. I know we've you know often said you know he's a good League One manager on this podcast before, but you know what are your thoughts on on sort of Portsmouth fans starting to turn against the manager? I was a little bit surprised by that, but I guess the start of the season 
hasn't been great. What are your what are you thinking on that? You, yeah, you... yeah. I think I think it's um, quite a surprise. To be fair, um, there was a lot of sort of negative comments. I think sort of towards the back end of the season, wasn't there? Especially yeah. the the playoff semi finals. But I, um, he, he's a manager who's who's you know very sort of thick skinned. I think a lot of the jobs he's had, he hasn't had a lot of. Um, criticism because he has done a very fine job sort of everywhere he's gone. Obviously, he did have that disastrous spell at Rotherham where he was only there for a month, but obviously a lot of people don't seem to talk about that. But I think if anyone can sort of pull through it, it is him. He's had dark days at Portsmouth, you know, when they had that run at the start of the Callens year where they had a disaster. Um, maybe it is a bit harsh. It is four games in, obviously. Um, but, I, you know, I can see their frustrations, you know, when you've got two extra men and you capitulate as, as they did and draw. It is quite a worrying sign. So I can see the frustrations, but I can also see that, you know, maybe given his track record, given his CV, you, you know, you give the guy um, a, a little bit of, you know, you, you let him just sort of carry on with what he's doing, I think. I don't know what Alex feels on it. Well, with um, Jack, it's, it's, it's a tough one, but I think Portsmouth are quite a, a bit of like an unforgiving, like unforgiving fan base. I mean, once you um, sort of, once they make their mind up on a player or a manager or something, I think they stick with stick with it. So I think it might be hard for them to win them back back around, even if they do start um, picking up results again. But I, I do think it's probably too early into the season to actually part company with them, especially because I think he was appointed as like a long-term manager. Like, his, what's this, his third season now with them? And he's, he's um, picking when he picked them up after they just got promoted into League One, then they finished eighth the first season um, back at League One level, which is. I mean, no one can really complain about having that's a solid season. Then they improved on that last year. What they, was it fourth? I think they finished in the end. So it's um, like, he's improved. He's improving the team, like definitely. And we're only what four games into the season. I mean, it's a bit of a concern they've only won once, sure. But the season finishes after forty-six games and not four games. So I think you've got to really have a bit more time because it'll be a, it'll be a massive, massive um risk for the Ports of Ford to get rid of him, especially with a lot of this squad was signed by him. That his mm-hmm. players are the players he wanted to bring in, like. He had like the model in mind what he was going to do with him and stuff. So just handing like Kenny Jacket's squad to someone else is just is a massive, massive risk. I think you've got to at least give Jacket like, 15 games into this season and reassess where they are from there. But having said that, it wouldn't really surprise you if he does go if they have a poor result um, this Saturday, to be honest. Yeah, it, it is very interesting reading. Um, I'd say for predictions, I think I'd have to say Coventry's comeback is spectacular. You know, look, I'm not taking away what Shrewsbury did, but I think, you know, Alex hit the nail on the head to come back at Portsmouth, which is such a, a tough place to go. Everybody knows that Portsmouth's home form is so relentless and so strong. They they seem to just sort of bypass teams at times. Not a lot of them can have a chance of coming back, but, you know, to have nine men <clears throat> and to fight as much as Coventry did, I think just shows how, you know, what, what Alex said, I mean, you know, it might look like I'm echoing what, what Alex was saying, but you know, just the fact that what he's got actually with that with that team is is a group, good group of players who actually want to play for the club. And I think over the last couple of years, it does almost seem at Coventry like it's gone a bit it's gone a bit pear shaped in terms of players actually knowing what it means to play for the club. Their fans have been through such a lot, and I think there's such a a good buzz, even though there is a lot of off field problems on the pitch, that that is enough to get a Coventry fan excited. And results like that last night just go to show that there is so much about this team than playing, you know, good, attractive football. And I think the mental strength of that team and the character um, will stand them in good stead um, later on in the season. Um, let's move on now to a team who actually got a really good result last night. MK Dogs, they uh, beat Lincoln to end their impressive uh, winning start to the season. 
Um, obviously, Wickham did beat them on Saturday in a 3-2 win, uh, thanks to a David Wheeler goal. Let's go to you first, Joe. Um, two wins at home for MK so far, Shrewsbury and Lincoln. Um, we, we, we talked about them at the start of the season, saying we like their business. I think it's smart from Paul Tisdale. You know, they were some sort of comments. OK, they've only had three games, but do you think that this could be a decent campaign for um, Paul Tisdale and his team? Well, it's early, it's early to say in the season, isn't it, really? But um, that's a good win last night, obviously, to, to beat Lincoln, who had a 100% record before the night's play. is obviously a fantastic result. And they did do some smart business, business in the summer, I felt, in terms of adding to their squad. Um, you know, uh, Regan Paul, I think, was a good addition. Um, some other smart signings as well, um, I felt, would really strengthen the squad. Uh, a few weird ones as well. Bowery at League One level was a bit of a gamble, but seems to be paying off at the moment. Um but yeah, that's a good was a good win last night. But you know, Lincoln were always going to suffer a little bit of a, a a dip. I think Jake actually said on the um, podcast on Monday that he was, you know, he was saying you know Lincoln will suffer a little bit of a dip at some point. Um, and this is you know maybe just a uh, a bit of a bump in the road for them. Um, so I think that was always likely. But it's a good win for uh, from Cade on. So they only played three games and they've picked up two wins. So yeah, good start for them. Uh, be interested to see how they do. I think that was one there. That where they sort of before the season you're thinking well they could either be really you know sort of top half playoffs or relegation you just it's quite a difficult one to predict but uh, is there a bit of an unknown quantity coming into the uh, into the league season but yeah they've made a, a decent solid start. Alex they look a very competitive team don't they MK Dons they seem a, a, certainly a lot better than what they were when they were last time in this division when they were pretty much a team that really fell short in all departments. They've got a good manager who plays good football. He knows this level very, very well. So surely that immediately make you know ticks all the boxes for what could be a very solid season. Surely, yeah. You you said it yourself, Barry. They've got all the ingredients like set up to have um a, a good year this year. So it's it's just going to be whether they can um sort of like get. I know they made quite a few signs, but how quickly they all settle and embed. I don't think it helped them having their first game of the season against Barry called off, especially how late it was. That game was called off. That sort of. Like when everyone else has played and they haven't played like this, it's almost well they literally are a week behind. So perhaps that'll sort of give them a little bit. Um, it might take a little bit longer for them to find their feet. But you can't really overlook that result against Lincoln. Lincoln have won in all competitions before that, all four games, and they hadn't even conceded a goal. I don't think so. Just the fact they've um gone there and beat the side like sort of like the form side in the division that like, ended their record. I like, I mean that's like, sort of result which makes people sit up and take notice. Especially when you're bouncing back after um, the setback of conceding right in the last minute to lose a game, uh, as they did on Saturday against Wickham, it's it's the sort of thing which usually sort of like knocks a team back. But it seems as if it's sort of like embedded them like to bounce back rather than being knocked back. If you know what I mean, mm. you can't you can't really um uh, you can't really overlook that too much. And I do think they're going to have a solid season. I don't think anyone's going to like look forward to a, um, playing um, Milton Keynes Dons as they're. Because as you say, Tisdale, like he, he gets the ball on the floor. He sometimes passes it around a bit. makes it difficult for the opposition. Usually, um, his sides have a lot of the ball. So, it's come, get the, other, the opposition can get a bit frustrated. And I, I, I do like the business they made in the summer. So I think Boateng in particular, I thought, was a, a very um, competent signing for um, how Tisdale's being played. Obviously, he had him in Exeter for quite a while. So, yeah, I do think MK Don's going to have a, a, a good season this year. I think they'll be way clear of relegation. Just probably sat bang in the middle of the pile, which... I don't think anyone can really be any MK Dons fans can be too disappointed with that, really. No, I think you, you know, I, I think you know, you, you're perfectly right. They would accept that, wouldn't they? The majority of them, and you know, I think they're going to be a very, very tough side to to play against 
um, as you said. One thing that really stood out last night was Ipswich Town. Um, they could be the team that become the late show specialists. They got a late equaliser at Peterborough on Saturday, which meant that they took a point away from London Road. Um, they got a late win last night at home to Wimbledon. The one thing about Ipswich at the moment, it doesn't seem like they're actually, they've played particularly well at the moment. So this is certainly not um, Ipswich's best, but that's, that's, that's a decent sign to have. You know, OK, it isn't a near, it's a decent start. They've made two wins and two draws um, in the league. Um, I think, you know, with them knowing that they can get better, I think that that does give, that sends a message out to the um, other teams in the division. Um, and I think it just shows that maybe this year there's something different about this group of players that, you know, they're willing to fight a little bit more for each other. Um, you know, maybe Lambert's instilled a little bit of, you know, never say die attitude, fight to the end. Um, and, you know, I think with, with that in mind, I think that that's something that can really stand you in good stead. And I think, OK, some people might look at it and go, well, we leave games. If I was an Ipswich fan, some of them might look at it and go, well, we leave it a little bit too late. And that's a worrying sign. But you can't help but think it's good because you fight into the end. You want to fight for the fans. You know, they're a very passionate support base. It's very loyal fans. Um, and you want to, you know, you want to make sure you get you get three points, obviously out there. Do you, do you kind of agree with what I'm saying, um, Alex, to an extent, or do you think that maybe um, it is a bit of a concern? How how do you how do you see it if you're an Ipswich fan? I think if you're the sort of side who's scoring a lot of late goals, I don't think they get how that can be anything other than a good thing. It shows you've got the grit and determination to go to the end of the game. It shows maybe perhaps the fitness levels of the Ipswich side is better than what it's been at, like the than the opposition and, and uh, I, I can only really like off the top of my head the best example I got of this is from when Wickham got promoted in 2018 we must have won probably about 15 points from like the 85th minute or later so if you're scoring late goals ultimately like they are sort of like the goals which get teams promoted like turning draws into wins losses into draws by scoring really late on you can gain so many extra points just from like digging deep and going right to the final whistle and I think that's is always a good trait to have for any side who's targeting um, promotion. I assume that is going to be, despite what Lambert said in press conferences, I assume that is their aim to get promoted back to the championship. So the fact they're scoring late goals, I really think that is, can only be a good thing, to be honest. So I made the point about how I don't think, you know, out of these four games, Ittrich haven't yet played well, and they've certainly got a lot more to give. Now, you've been a little bit, you know, you've said that they're going to be in the playoffs. Um, you didn't expect a little bit more from them. Do you think you agree with that assumption that I made that they, they have a lot more to give? And do you think that maybe they could be, given <clears> how they're playing at the moment and the points they're winning late on, do you think that that could be an advantage in, and that could be a big difference to where they want to be rather than where a lot of people expect them to be? Um, obviously, it's it's always good to get late goals and you know for your team to sort of be fit enough and have that desire to sort of go to the end and find late goals. But I think there does need to be improvements with Ipswich because I don't think, as you said, they've not played well. And performances are often more important at this stage of the season than actual um, league positions and stuff like that because there's still so many games to pick up points in. They need to start be they need to start showing what they're what they're going to be about as a team, what their philosophy is going to be. Um, and I'm you know I don't think Ipswich have really showed that in the opening few games. By all accounts, it sounded as if they were fairly lucky last night to come away with three points and it was mainly down to Ips um Wimbledon's uh sort of capitulation and their sort of um 
there's the pattern they're finding of not being able to uh, see out games. Um, I think that's a, a few times already this season they've conceded late on and they've not seen out a game for a winning position. So, yeah, I mean, obviously four games in, eight points, um, fifth in the league, you know, they'll be they'll be relatively happy with that sort of return, but they do need to start putting in performances and start actually, you know, beating teams and deserving to beat them because that ultimately is going to be, um, you know, over the course of the season, um, you know, what's going to what's going to get a team promoted or into the top six is going to be the performances um, because, okay, they might have got a few lucky draws or maybe a lucky win, um, but they need to start actually you know, putting teams to the sword, in my opinion, um, over the next few weeks, um, if they're going to sort of really come to the forefront of my mind as a, as a team that's going to be able to fulfil those pre-season expectations. But yeah, I'm obviously a good win last night. You can't really do too much complaining on the back of a win, but, you know, we do need to see them um, start to improve the performances on the pitch and say start putting teams to the sword rather than maybe getting away with it. Yeah, it, it is certainly going to be an interesting uh, few weeks for Ipswich. Um their supporters and everybody would like to see if they can actually sort of flex their performance muscles, um, so to speak, on the pitch. Now comes to quiz time, which obviously went down an absolute treat last time uh, we were as a, uh, as a well, between Alex Get and Joe. Uh, we, have, we have a new theme tune, actually, for the special quiz. It goes something a little bit like this. Quiz. That was brilliant, wasn't it? We we we. Well, I, <laughs> it is. It's fantastic. Uh, it's, it's certainly Joe's jingles. One of his very few ones he's actually made over the course of the last few years. I can imagine that's certainly not the first one he's made for something. I guarantee you. Right. So simple, just a true or false. Is five questions. Um, hopefully, uh, you're going to fare better than last time. Um, no phones or anything to look. Um, over these answers um, yeah. so let's get up and running um, Scott Fraser last night scored a hat-trick for Burton in their 4-2 win against Oxford but is he the only Burton player to score a hat-trick in a League One game in 2019 is it true or is it false? I think you've got a good question asked Jesus I'd say it's false no he's, he's not he's not. no I'll say um, I'll, I'll go for a different answer so I'll say true it's actually false. Brown was oh, right. Lucas Marcus, Aiken, was it? Marcus Harness oh. versus Rochdale, right at the start of the calendar year when they oh, yeah, won at Spotland at 4 0. So Alex is 1 0 up uh, against Joe after one question. Excluding Berry, do five sides in League One remain winless? True or false? Five. Exactly five or five or over. Exactly, exactly five teams. True. Um, yeah, I'll say true. Yeah, you're both right. It's true. The five sides that uh, are winless are Gillingham, Accrington, Bolton, Southend and Wimbledon. So uh, Alex has got 100% record so far. Um, five sides exactly remain unbeaten after four games. Is it true or is it false? Sorry, Matt, I, was, I literally, literally didn't even listen to that question. What was, what was you saying? <laughs> Five sides after four games in the division remain unbeaten. Is it true or is it false? False. Um, I think it's more as well. I think it's more false. So you think you're both going to say false, yeah? Yep. It's true. The five oh. sides that are unbeaten are Blackpool, Wickham, Coventry, <laughs> Ipswich and Sunderland. Nice cheer for Wickham there, uh, Alex. Uh, question four still is 2-1. 
Four sides in the division have only played three games. Is it true or is it false? Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, it's got to be true. Yeah, 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 true. Yeah. No, it's actually six. Oh, my days, Matthew. Oh, you are frustrating us here. Bolton, Accrington, Gillingham, MK Dons, Rotherham and Doncaster are the six sides who've only played three games. Last question. Which fixture did, which fixture did Rotherham miss? Uh, did they have Berry at some point or something? I think they had Bolton last night. No, that was they? Doncaster. That was Doncaster. They, I think they were supposed to have Barry last night. Excuse me. Oh, Barry. Oh, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Uh, last question. Shrewsbury are one of four sides who conceded three goals in the division. Is it true or is it false? Yeah, it's true. true. No, I'll go, false. I'll, go, I'll go false. Thanks. I'll go for a different answer. So Alex is saying true, and you're saying false. Yeah. Alex is right. He wins oh! three one. Great. It is them. Uh, Shrewsbury, Rotherham, Coventry and Wickham have conceded three goals in the division so Alex takes this week's quiz and just a few words from the winner please um, just play the jingle, that's my, that's my speech <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, well we'll close the quiz with the jingle again just so the, uh, just so the listeners can get familiar with uh, the great thing that Joe's put together, the masterpiece let's say <laughs> Quiz. How good was that, guys? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely loving that he's made that jingle. We we love it. We hope you love it. Um, it's now part of the show where we move on to the predictions. Um, we've looked at three games over the course of the weekend where we think um, they, they certainly stand out. And one of them is obviously Bristol over Oxford. Really, um, probably the standout amongst the three pundits. I'll let Joe start with this one. How do you see the game going, Joe? Oh, um, if you ask me, this time yesterday, I probably would have been quite confident. But after last night's performance, oof, um, depends what sort of team turns up, really. If it's the sort of team that played against Sunderland or Peterborough, um, I think you know we'll probably come away with all three points. If it's the team that played against Burton last night, it's difficult to see us winning any sort of game or getting anything Um from any game, really. Um, difficult to say. I think it depends on the system we play and the, and, and the players we put out. For me, we've got to drop John Massinho at centre-back. Um, there's no way he should be playing centre-back at League One. He's a defensive midfielder. He shouldn't be playing centre-back. We need to bring Elliot Moore in, the new signing from Leicester. Um, I, th- I think we need to switch to a, a, a 4-3-3 rather than a 4-2-3-1. I think it's only a subtle change, but I think Gorin actually sitting in front of the back four instead of part of sort of a midfield two is going to make a big difference for us. Um, gives us a lot more solidity uh, in front of the back four. Um, and I think we need Tariq Fossey back in the team as well if he's going to be fit. Um, it looks as if he's, he is. He came off, for, I think, 20 minutes last night. I think he needs to start. That offers us a little, a little bit more pace and um, creativity uh, and ingenuity going forward. And um, I think that'll be a big... Um, a big boost for us if that can happen. If we, if that, all that comes together, um, I feel fairly confident. Obviously, we've got Matt Taylor up front, the um, the former Rovers man. I'm sure he'll get a fantastic reception. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it, it, it depends on a lot of things. I don't know what you're feeling about about it. Ours. Obviously, you, you know, you're on the back of a win last night, so you must be feeling a little bit more confident um, than you were when we last spoke. Yeah, that certainly. I think obviously. Oxford conceding four last night, I think, has certainly made the game a little bit more interesting. Um, you know, look, these affairs 
at the Mem usually are ones that are kind to Oxford, but obviously I don't want to just look at past glories. I mean, uh, all the Rovers fans can can look at our record at the Kassam, which is quite incredible. I mean, six on the bounce, but your record at the Mem is is pretty strong. Mm. Um, I think the game for a lot of Rovers fans is dominated by this whole Taylor saga. Obviously, yeah. his first game back at the Mem, whether he plays or not, I'm not too sure. I really can't call it. I'm not sure what Robinson will do. Um, but I think it'll be a very tight game. I think Oxford will come in, be very wary of, of, of Ravens. It'll be quite similar to what it was last year at the men, where it was a very tight game. Not a lot really happened. Uh, two sides really cancelled each other out. Um, so I'm, I'm going to say, I think if Oxford, I've been very impressed. Okay, last night, it was certainly a, a bump in the road, but the three league games from what I've seen or from hearing from you, um, I've been quite impressed with, with Oxford. So I think it'll be a tough affair, be a big crowd. You know, Rovers, Oxford, sort of the rivalry sort of build up and up over, over the last couple of years, given that, you know, we've had some really good games against each other. So my, I'm going to say, I think Rovers are going to lose one now. I know it's a bit bad luck to bet. Really? Team. Yeah, but I'm going to go with a 1-0 Oxford. I think it'll be a very tight game. Won't be a lot in there. I know Oxford are a better team than us on paper, but I think I think they are going to just sneak uh, a 1-0 win. What would you go for a prediction, Joe? Um, yeah, I'll probably go along with that. I think one. I think it'll be cage. I think it'll be close. And actually, a point I forgot to mention is I think that we need a, a really strong referee on Saturday because yeah, we do, yeah. it's going to be a tasty game. It's going to be a really tasty game. And it wouldn't surprise me if there's a one or two sendings off. There, there usually is, to be fair. There's usually some sort of controversial decisions going on. We need a strong referee. And obviously, Taylor's going to get kicked around the park. Um, you'd imagine. So we need a strong ref. But yeah, I think it's always quite close. It's always quite cagey. It's always quite tense. Um, at Bristol Rovers, they're usually only separated by the odd goal. So I imagine that would be the case again. So I'm going to go. I'm going to. I'm going to. I'm going to be confident. Bet you know. Bet um, for my team um, and uh, try and be optimistic going into the game and say yeah, one 0 Oxford. Alex, you're neutral in all of this. How do you see this game going? Do you, do you um, think there'll be an Oxford win, or do you think maybe Rovers will give it a bit more? Of a fist of it. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to make it a hat trick if Oxford wins. I think when it just comes down to it, I think Oxford have got the better players and the better team. And I think losing last night really gave him a bit of a kick up the arse. I think perhaps the players are getting a bit confident after a good start to the season. So perhaps last night's loss have maybe brought them a bit, bit, bit down, back down to earth. I can see players like um, Fosu causing um, Bristol Rovers a lot of problems. Uh, just from the going from the game which we played against Rovers, I felt like our wide players sort of um cause issues for the Rovers defence I think and it has and it has been the theme all season to be fair when yeah, we've been caught out I, 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 I just think Oxford are going to excel out wide who's your other winger Jared and Fosley um it could be it could be Woodburn could be oh, Woodburn yeah, Wood, yeah I think it could yeah, be Anthony I think, Ford I think they're going to have a field day to be fair I think they're going to really enjoy playing against some um, of the Rovers defence I'm going to go 2-0 to Oxford but Joe, um, last thing on this game, you're absolutely spot on about a referee because I think you look at the midfield, you've got Brannigan who, who likes to get very stuck in. You've got a go-go for Rovers, you get, you know, he's not afraid to put a challenge in. And there's going to be a lot of niggly fouls. There's going to be a lot of um, you know, challenges yeah. you know, coming in. So you're absolutely spot on. The referee has got to have a good, good game. MK Dons versus Peterborough. Obviously, uh, we spoke about MK Dons in the podcast today. Um, their home form, I think, is going to be very strong this season. I think given the way they're playing and um, the way they set up at home, I don't think a lot of teams are going to like going to, to MK Dons. And I think with Peterborough, they're a team who, who want to be easy on the eye. They're going to try and match MK Dons um, from defence to attack. Um, it could it could be a really exciting game and a good advert for League One football. So I'm going to go with a 2-2 draw. Who wants to jump in and, and, and say a prediction and how they can see the game going? Uh, I think this is actually one of the more interesting games on Saturday, actually. Um, definitely, definitely. 
uh, is one that I'm I'm finding tough to call. Um, obviously, MK have probably made a more positive start to the season, but you'd look at um, their opposition squad, Peterborough squad, and you'd say, you know, that is a, a squad that really should be knocking on the door of the top two, in my opinion, um, with the money they've spent and the quality they've got, the depth they've got in the squad as well. Um, I, th- I think with a home advantage, you'd probably say MK maybe have the, the nod, possibly. Um, I'll probably sit on the fence and say a draw for this one, to be fair. I'll probably say 1-1. One, one. Um, Alex, with Peterborough, they are obviously this team who I think a lot of people think that if they turn up and play well, they play really, really well. Is that a situation you could see it happening against MK on Saturday? Or do you think that maybe their stuttering start's going to continue? I think Peterborough are actually starting to find their groove a bit now. They're, um, they're unlucky against Ipswich on, on Saturday not to get the three points. A late goal den- denied them there. They got their first win last night against Southend, albeit probably the worst, well, other than Berry and Bolton, the worst team in the league. But they still actually had to go out there and get the job done. It was a formality before kickoff. And I, I think Peterborough are going to start improving, but I'm not too sure they're going to win on Saturday. I'm probably going to say a draw. I think it might be one all maybe. I, I, it's quite hard to tell. It wouldn't surprise if Peter did go win. It wouldn't surprise if MK won, which is why I'm just going to have to put it down as a draw. I mean, probably, if I had to pick a winner, I'll go Peterborough, but I'm just not too sure they'll have enough to do it. So I'm going to say one all draw. Well, to be fair, we've all said draw. We're going to need a pretty big fence to cope with our three backsides, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> let's move on to the final game um, that stands out. Rochdale versus Blackpool. Obviously, Rochdale lost last night to Sunderland, but they are a team who've surprised a few people, given that they've had a decent start to the season. Blackpool, of course, top of the table um, with 10 points from a possible 12. Of course, they lost their first... Uh, well, they slipped up last night against Chillingham to draw 2-2. Um, who wants to start off with a prediction for this game? Um, I think... I think Blackpool... To be fair, like when we played them, Blackpool weren't actually that impressive. Like we should have beat them, really. Um, although they are, they do sit top of the table, ten points from the first four. So you'd have to say that they're coming in the favourites in any game they play at the moment, considering their their, their record is better than anyone else's in the Absolutely, division. They picked yeah. up more points. So um, Rochdale, I think the team is always going to make life difficult for the opposition. But they're mid-table. They've probably made a decent start, but it's difficult. Again, it's difficult to call um, where they're going to end up. Um, this in, in uh, this season, end of this season. So I'm going to go for I'm going to go for a Blackpool win. I think it's probably the sensible thing to do. So even though they're away from home um, and they're making a long trip to to Rochdale, of course, I think um, they will uh, probably come away one 0 winners. I think with this game, you know, it, it, you do get the feeling there isn't going to be a lot of goals. And I think when Blackpool are going to beat teams, they're not going to go and beat sides, you know, three or four nil like Barnsley or Luton, where they're going to be very much sort of. Two ones, one nils, two nils, very, very sort of, they just do the business and they don't go um, very gun ho as such. When obviously I've spoken a lot about Blackpool, been very impressive them this season. So I'm going to go with a 2 1 win, but I think this is arguably be probably their toughest game they would have had so far. I mean, Rochdale, very tight under Brian Barry Murphy, very tough to play against, building on from last season. Um, they're very much a team where I think play on. The counter-attack, so they play to Henderson's strengths. So it'll be a very, very tough game for Blackpool. But I think with the players they've got and the mentality and the way they're playing, the confidence, I could just see them getting a 2-1 win. Alex, what's your prediction for this game then, mate? I think Blackpool are going to win, yeah. I, th- I think they're, um, 
I don't, I'm not, I don't agree with you when you said it would be their toughest game yet. I think the stats against against Oxford show that they definitely did not deserve to win that game, and they probably should have should have lost really. So I think the Oxford game would be their would have been their toughest game still. But I do think they'll have enough to see off the Watchdale side. And whilst they have made a good start, I just don't think they're as good as Blackpool. Really, as simple as that. And do, 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 you see, do you see it being tight or do you see Blackpool maybe winning by a more comfortable margin? I think both teams might score. I say 2-1 to Blackpool. I think both teams will score. I think you could ever really write off um, Rochdale from scoring with Henderson. I think he's the sort of player who just gets a goal out and nothing, feeds off scraps, like, which probably isn't like the best way for... Um, it doesn't really feel as much confidence when he's feeding off scraps, your main striker, but it, it, it does work for him. Like, he's scored, he seems to score pretty much nearly every other week for... Um, Watchdale, so it, 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 they just play sort of like play to his strengths, and they always have a shot of, of getting score sheet when when he's in the team. So yeah, I'm gonna have to go two on Blackpool. All right, well that brings uh, another episode uh, to an end. Uh, thank you for listening, and thanks goes to uh, Joe and Alex for your contribute uh, for co- for your contributions uh, on the uh, podcast today. Thank you very much for that, lads. Yeah, yeah, no problem. You obviously go and follow the Spotify uh, account and it'll be on various uh, outlets and platforms later on. And subscribe to our Twitter page at L1Lowdown uh, where we uh, give you the uh, big news from England's third tier. Have a good week. Good luck to all your teams uh, and especially Barry who of course may not actually be in the Football League um, beyond this weekend so we hope that there's a solution there. Uh, and thanks for listening uh, and bye for